thank you kindly. That makes me feel at home to be here with you tonight and know that you welcome me back. I hope that sometime, as, when I come again, if the Lord willing and respond to your courtesy, that I will be able to stay longer when I come. I've often wondered if we didn't have a meeting sometime where you could just stay and the people, we don't even get a chance to explain to them how they set divine healing. Maybe two or three nights, three or four nights, just jumping from place to place. I'm eight years of that and around the world, I, I'm getting tired. I, I want to settle down and have a good long meeting in this state where the Lord says, well, move on somewhere else. And maybe if we don't have a healing service overnight, we have preaching service and have maybe healing service three or four nights a week, then it gives the people a chance as soon as they're healed, you'll watch the deaf, dumb, blind, or whatever it is. When they come to the platform, they get the right thing. But I've had people to stand at the platform that's been blind for years and read this year Bible. It's a very, very fine print. And read this Bible and walk down off the platform in about three days be just as blind as it was in the first place. Then people say, is healing lasting? Sure it is. But what it is, they get out and the devil gets a hold of them, maybe through someone else. And they get a little skeptic or something, then it comes right back to them. You know, Jesus said, when the unclean spirit's gone out of a man, he walks in dry places, finding no rest. Then he comes back and brings seven other devils, worse than he was. And now, if the good man of the house, which is your faith, isn't standing there, ready to resent it, well then, uh, he'll come in and your last estate's worse than your first. Then many times people with a malignancy or something, or tumor, or any kind of a growth, when it dies, the life goes out of it, they get a, a relief right there. A few days, they feel better. Then after about 72 hours, they start getting sick. Really sick then, because that's a dead lump of flesh in it. And then as it breaks up, it's, if there's no way for it to drop out, maybe if it's on the inside of the and so forth, holding it, it'll drop down in the diaphragm or somewhere. Then you've got a lump of, of flesh in it that's Rock. Of course, your heart, bloodstream, purifies the body, comes to your heart. It makes the patient terribly sick, an infection, fever, and everything. And then the person then says, well, I know when I was standing there, I, I was well for two or three days, but I guess I lost my healing. Well, that's the best time in the world you've got your healing. See? Now, a miracle, it would advantage a miracle healing, but miracles and healing is two different gifts altogether. One has the gift of miracles, another has the gift of healing. Or you might have both gifts of miracles and healing. There's nine spiritual gifts and they all might uh, be working in one meeting. We don't know that. That's up to God. But anyhow, if the person through healing, healing is when you in your heart know that God has done it for you and nothing can wave from it. And that's when you're really going to be healed. You're going to get well. Same thing goes for you people that's crippled. How many times have I seen our Lord Jesus? And the way we conduct our meetings, it's almost just now and then you get crippled people in the audience. They give out a hundred cards or more. And the only legitimate way you can do it when you got an audience like this, maybe tonight of 3,000 people or more. Well, maybe then you've got to... You, everybody, maybe 2,000, wants to be prayed for. Who's going to be first? 
and especially in my type of ministry, there just will be so many of you get to come. But it's not the, by me laying hands on the person, it's you accepting the presence of Jesus Christ. That's what does the healing. And many times you will be watching the meetings, there's more gets healed out of the audience without prayer cards than there are those who come to the platform with prayer cards. It's just because you've got more faith to work on. You've got one person here made with faith where you got maybe two or three hundred sitting out there with faith. And after you're gone, you know as it is every time, as it has been a meeting, I got letters after letters from Des Moines and stomach trouble left and all kinds of diseases left to people after we were gone. And it's just a, a vindication of the presence of the resurrected Lord Jesus. Now, if God willing, I am here, I wanted to reach you the vision that was given me, as I told you after. I just come from Africa, and as all of you know, by disobeying God, I, I got parasites. I'd like to die. They, frankly, they said I was going to die. And I was laying in my room one morning, and as I lay on my bed this morning, I was at once in a vision, and I seen someone coming to me as a man walking down out of the sky. He had in his hand some typewriter paper, looked like clear sheets, on the floor beneath me laid some which had been written on. I was astonished as I could see in the room others, uh, figures in the room, and see the man standing there. And he said, as thou was w- wondering, what would be your future? I said, yes, that's what I was thinking of. He threw the paper towards the sky, and they went off, leveled off, one after the other, and a voice screamed from the heavens above, said, your future is clear. And then I was come out of the vision, and again I went into the vision, and I asked, would I ever fear, or these uh, parasites bother me anymore? The doctor just given me up and said, they wrote up in a... In a place up here, so a pest house, like coming back over there with parasites. And he told me that I'd have a fever within 10 hours. The fever went to the brain, I'd die in 10 hours. If it went to the heart, I'd die. If it went to the liver, then my side would push out and have to operate. And I wish I had time to tell you how that happened down in Africa. When the Lord gave me a vision, said, Don't go over there, but I'll let some preachers talk me out of it and go this other way. I'll never do that again by the help of God. And he told me, and he said unto me, it is finished. And that very same day, I went to Dr. Lucas of Louisville, and I said, give me examination. He just sent me home a couple of days before that. Wouldn't let me go over with those parasites. And I said, give me. He said, you got him. I said, examine He cuffed another smear, and he come back and said, can I take it again? And I said, yes, sir. And he cuffed it again. He said, what happened to you? You haven't got a parasite. And I told him, the Lord Jesus healed me. He told him the story. Him being a Catholic. I said, do you believe it? He said, well, I have to. Said the day before yesterday, you've been coming here for six months with parasites accumulating all the time in two days, and here you haven't got one. Said, how can I help him believe? Now, on with the vision. And it came to me again. Never did that before in my life. It was over one time at a time. But this time it came five straight times. And it came again, and I asked how to conduct my meetings. And some tell me about Brother Roberts and others, how they pray for so many. And he said unto me, just as you are led to do. Then it came again, and I seen an angel which speaks to me, stands by my right side, and I was studying in Africa at Durban, the same place, right where I left off and failed the Lord. He was sending me right back again and again. I saw great throngs of people, but the meeting raised into the air and faded away as a shadow. I looked back and saw again there were many people sitting, even greater than the first meeting. 
Then the angel which was speaking to me turned me to the east, which would be that way. And there were so many people that I couldn't even enumerate. They went over hills. And an angel smaller than the one which was standing by me came from the above with a light, an oscillating light. And it showed over the hills of the people. And they looked like Indians, half-dressed. They were rejoicing and praising God as I spoke to them. And I heard the angel which was above me say to the angel standing by my side, There are 300,000 of those in that brand new name. And sit that's right. And then, as I came to and was thanking the Lord in the room, my breath seemed coming to me faintly. And then I looked again and I heard leaves in my Bible. And here come my Bible coming across the floor and stood in front of me. And it turned to the first chapter of Joshua. And then again, I came out of it. And my wife, at the same time, sleeping in another room, had started into my room at three o'clock in the morning. And as she entered the door, something spoke to her and said, Do not enter that room, for there is a vision going on. And this was three hours later at six o'clock. She then called me at the door. Never happened before in life. And my mother-in-law, living just below me, immediately came up to the house, a very renowned Christian woman, and said, what's happened up here? I started to wash my dishes and something spoke to me and said, go up and hear the news this morning. I went to the bank to find out if I was going to owe any income tax to take up my receipt and I seen one of the bankers weeping. When I come into the room, he looked at me and bowed his head down. I walked on across the room, picked up my cancel checks and was returning. Something said, go talk to him. And I went to talk to him. He reached his hand across and said, Billy, the strangest thing, he said, you know my people died with cancer. Last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, I had a dream that you come to me and laid hands on me, and I was made well. And now he's perfectly normal. It is written in the scripture that in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established. So has this. Now you keep that in mind. And just remember that the Lord Jesus has sending me, and I, when the Archbishop of India came over here and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit of the Eastern Orthodox Church, that's the next church to the Catholics, our meetings mostly over there will be politically sponsored. I have a dinner set with Nehru where we meet the King of Spain and the King of Transjordan, Prime Minister and Kruger and South Africa and politics sponsored to give it a nationwide publicity. And, and in Jerusalem to let us in. And now, I'm just positive that this is going to be the greatest meeting I have ever heard. And then, when the Archbishop said, Brother Brandon, let's set the meeting in order. He said, have you got the money yet? I said, I got pretty near $5,000. I think that would take us. Of course, in India, you can't spend a penny. You've got to send the money ahead. They've got to have our money for everything. And none of those other countries, their money's no good here, you see. So we have to send the money. And I said, I think that'll maybe buy our tickets to go over. And he said, well, let's set the meeting for February. He said, the 23rd. Now I'll have Mr. Nehru to have a dinner for you that afternoon on the 23rd. That'll give me a chance to go in to Africa and have this meeting and all over. I said, that sounds good to me. Call Mr. Baxter. We got it set. And that night, my wife, which is present now, sitting back here, uh, there's people in the den room and people in the other rooms that's ministering to the sick. And I'd had a long distance call of emergency. A man was going to commit suicide. He said, I just want to call you, preacher, and tell you that I'm no good and I'm fixing you. will hear the gunfire just in a minute. And I said, now just 
just a moment. Lay the gun down. Let the hammer down. I kept on down here. I heard it lay down and let it fall. And he got saved right there. So I was on the road back to go in to minister to the people again. And standing in the door stood an odd-dressed man. I never noticed how he was dressed down this way, but he had like a towel laying over his head. His nose was kind of pushed up in that manner. And he said to me, I said, how do you do, sir? I thought he just, some of them let him in. He was in there to be prayed for. And he said, looked up like that and said, Brother Branham, don't go overseas till September. Well, I said, why? And the man is gone. And I went into the other room and asked if they had seen anything like it. Wife hadn't let him in the house. He, no one knew nothing about him. And then that night after the house was empty, I went in and was laying down along about one o'clock in the morning. And I dreamed that I shouldn't go over to Africa to, uh, or India until September. I come in, woke up my wife and told her. We sat there a little while. I went back in again and dreamed the same dream again. And we said, maybe it's the Lord. Don't want me to go. And I went in. I said, Lord, then I accept the vision as being you warning me. And the two dreams also, not to go to September, I went to sleep and slept like a baby. So we go in September in the name of Jesus Christ. Watch what happens. I know our Lord will be good to us. He's promised it. And I want to ask this tonight. When the winds are blowing hot in Africa and India, which doctors don't think they're not good to challenge you? And in India, they got the rope walkers, the fire eaters, everything else, and anything in the supernatural realm. They come challenge it right now. When the waves are going hard over there, can I depend on this? That when I slip down to have a word of prayer, can I believe that there's people in the morning praying for me? Will you do that? Thank you. Brother Mitchell just told me that they gave me a little offering, kind of helped me along. I appreciate that, friend. And I. I'm a poor man. I don't have anything in this world's goods. They did build me a little parcel to live in. I could have been a rich man. But I'd rather my riches to be up there. And all over. I couldn't take money from poor people. I just couldn't do it. And I wouldn't now. I get out and work every time when I come to a meeting. If I just could. But it's just a call for the sake. And I... What little money I get a hold of, I, I put it in farm missions. All we don't just have to eat on, and we, we live poor. You come to my home and find out, or let the investigation find out, or anything you want to know. I come poor, I will return poor. My people are poor, and I, I desire to remain that way. And I appreciate many of you people are poor people. And tonight you probably may be put in the last nickel you had. And on that great day, when we stand up there at the judgment seat of Christ, and you hear those heathens screaming when I, you hear my name called, and I've got to come up and stand on the, the tape recording will be played, and the screen will show it all. And some of those ladies and heathens from the other countries said, Oh, Brother Branham, if you hadn't come, I'd have been lost. Then God looked down to you and said, You were the one that sent it. If there's any blessing to be got out of it, may you receive it. Because I'm just doing it as a duty. Each one of you could do it. God sent me, and you're the one that's helping me go. May God bless you richly and restore you a hundredfold. I'd be glad to have prayer with you at any time. You pray for me. May we meet again, is my prayer. Somewhere this side of the river of life 
and have a good old-fashioned meeting again here in America before we cross the waters. I mean that last water. I'm not getting any younger. I'm already 45 years old. And I'm spending some rough years. One of these days, I realize that my, I'm coming down to the river. Each time my heart beats, I'm going towards a great chamber called death. Every one of us is. Someday my heart will make its last beat, and I'll have to enter in. I don't want to go in like a coward. I want to go in this. I want to wrap myself in the robes of his righteousness, entering into the chamber of death knowing this, that I know him in the power of his resurrection, that when he calls from among the dead, I'll come out. When the last battle is thought of often wondered, most Branhams, and Harvey's too, that's my mother, they get the palsy when they get real old, they shake a lot. They're high-strung, nervous type of people. Grandpa died recently, nearly a hundred, shaken. I too may have a palsy when I get old, I don't know. But I can imagine being an old man coming down and every, my work's finished and the cold waves of Jordan hit me in the face. And I know I got a crossover. I, I just want to look back down the path before it comes. See a lot of tracks through the briar patches over the rough places. I don't desire a flower bed of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas. Let me have the rough place too. I must fight if I must rain. I must get some of the rough part. I want to take off the helmet, the salvation, lay it on the bank, stick the old sword of the word here back in the sheath of eternity, and scream to the top of my voice, Father, push out the light. I'm coming over home. I believe you'll be there to meet me. That's right. That's my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. All around my soul gives way. He's all my trust and stay. For on Christ's solid rock we stand. All of the grounds is sinking sands. I shall read just this portion of the scripture. God willing now so that if my word happens to fail, then his word will not fail. It's found in St. Luke, the 18th chapter, 35th verse. And it came to pass, as he came nigh to Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they went before, rebuked him, that he should hold his feet. But he cried much more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood, commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people... When they saw it, gave praise unto God. Shall we speak now to the altar in a word of prayer? Father, we thank thee tonight for thy word. And thy word is truth. And we thank thee for this story from the Bible that we have just read, knowing that without one shadow of doubt, every iota is truth. It happened. And we're so happy to know that that man's blood down to the age, though it cost that, we're sorry that it cost it, but has brought this Bible to us tonight as free literature. And we can read it as American citizens. 
and have a right to worship you according to the dictates of our conscience, the way we read the word, and we're thankful for our nation, for our people, and for the freedom that we have. And we pray that you'll preserve this for And we ask that you'll bless this audience tonight, as many are sitting waiting with anticipation. Thou hast never disappointed any man who came to thee with anticipations to receive something you never would send him away empty. You send him away filled with the assurance and with the blessing. And now, Lord God, speak tonight to us and let it be known tonight that thou art the Son of God which is risen from the dead and live among us. And you're not no longer dead. You've been alive 2,000 years now, living through the, down through the ages. And there is a life forevermore. Oh, God, and may every man and woman in here that's out of fellowship with you return to you tonight or come for the first time and see how blessed it is to know thee in the pardoning of sin. May every sick and suffering person, as we're centering this part of the message on that subject, may they be healed. Bless our brother pastors, every one of them. And all the members and the laity that's represented here, the officials, the custodians, all those who have a part in this meeting, bless them. Bless the city. And help tonight, Lord, to send an old-fashioned, God-sent revival in this city that will stir the people citywide. And many find Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll begin it tonight. For we ask that in Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Our scene opens tonight in a rather a tragic condition. Now, uh, the first principle I want to speak of, of course, basically now, is divine healing. Because that's the subject that I, I'm dreaming in. And I will see the way the Lord leads, the way we'll have the service. I want each one to be reverent and in prayer and believing on the Lord. And I trust, I see two or three people here sitting in wheelchairs. See, it's just beginning to get noised about. Perhaps the man that got up last night and put the crutches on his shoulders and walked away or whatever it was that I asked him to do. Maybe he said to somebody else and then he just keeps accumulating, getting larger and larger all the time. That's the way it's always been. But we have to walk away then and leave the people for I've got to leave yet tonight or real early in the morning to speak in Washington, D.C. at the Christian Businessman Internationally and have a healing service at the White House. That's pretty good, isn't it? We praise the Lord for that. I hope that many of the friends that's invited senators and so forth, that the Lord Jesus will save the whole group of them and give them the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to have a healing service standing on the same step for Congressman Upgrishaw after being in a, a congressman for 17 years in the White House and have been a cripple in the wheelchair in England, beds and wheelchairs for 66 years, going to healing service after healing service, but one night in Los Angeles, California, I never know, never heard of the man, saw a vision, him moving across that way, he was sitting out there in the chair, and the Lord Jesus commanded him, said, told him all about his life and what had happened, how he got hurt and all about it, and uh, then told him to stand on his feet, that Jesus Christ had made him whole, and he rushed to the platform, touched his toes, he could almost do a handspring at 86 years old. Living for, and he stood right on the White House steps immediately after Billy Graham's meeting there and sung to those congressmen, I'm leaning on the everlasting arm of the Lord Jesus. I may God grant tonight 
that I can have healing service right at the same step. Now, our scene is that a very cursed city. Jericho is in the valley. Jerusalem is on the hill. And a man, like we read of the Good Samaritan, when he was coming down from Jerusalem, going to Jericho, he was backsliding, coming out of the city of the blessed, going down to the city of the cursed. And that's when he fell among thieves and got stripped and wounded and laying half dead, spiritually dead, physically alive. Then, this city was a cursed city. The walls had dropped down once and Joshua cursed the city and the person that would ever try to build it again. And now, in this city where they had in those days and always been wickedness and rowdiness and horrible living, perhaps in the days of this blind beggar that we're thinking of, Bartimaeus, that perhaps it was just as wicked then as it was in the days before it fell. And setting down this valley along about October in the year, theologians believe it was, maybe the cool breezes had already begun to start. Little hope that this beggar had. Let's look at this man just for a moment. The first place, he was shut off in a blind world. Dark, never seen daylight. That's a horrible condition. And another thing, if, he, if the doctors of the city would have had any way to have done work for him, they, he couldn't have had it done because he was a beggar. He was penniless. Now, to be poor and without money is a bad thing, but to be shut off in a blind world without hope and without mercy, that's a tragic scene we had. Poor man, ragged, and his odds was against him. Perhaps if he could have, the doctors could have operated, he didn't have the money to do it. I have great respects for doctors. For I believe that God sends them to the earth to do certain things. But I just wonder if they ever put a doctor on three-wheel basis like a minister should be, or dead. I looked in your telephone directory this afternoon and find out you got around a thousand doctors in this city. Well, I just wonder... If these operations that cost from $1,500 to $2,000 for an hour and a half's work, if he got a love offering for it, <laughs> I wonder how many doctors we would have. <laughs> well, that's the way it should be. It should be mercy because you're working on your fellow man, citizen, brother, sister. And I thank God for good doctors. If you need the operation and they thought you needed it, if you didn't give them a penny, they'd do it anyhow. That's the kind of doctors that every city needs. And perhaps this wicked, adulterous a city that this blind beggar lived might have had some of them kind of doctors. And again, they might not have had the knowledge of that day to know how to operate on him. However, he was shut off in darkness and was blind and was poor and was begging. And in those days, beggars strolled the streets everywhere. Lepers that couldn't work, blind, lame, halt, everything laid on the streets. And a beggar had a slim chance of getting anything to eat. Maybe the man that come out in the morning had had one coin he could give to the poor. The first one he met, he flipped it to him, that settled it. They probably didn't even pay any attention to the beggars. They were so 
uh, uh, numerous, so many of them around, that they didn't even pay any attention. He was really in a, an awful condition. And here, let's picture him now and give just a little drama. I can imagine being in the cool of the day, maybe the poor old fellow hadn't eaten for a couple of days, a cup of soup or something, and somebody would give him a coin. And he was sitting out of the gate. It's still very common through the Oriental countries to find those beggars everywhere, still there. And there he was sitting at the gate, perhaps in the afternoon of a hot day had been, crunched down in the shadows, the crowds ceased, the polished stones were, many people coming from different parts of the country coming around Jericho. Let's just think of the old beggar sitting there now in his ragged clothes, shivered down into the shadows. He didn't know how far he'd have to go to get the sunshine, maybe get run over by a horse if he got out any farther. Sitting there. In that hopeless, helpless condition, and not knowing that just right down the road comes salvation. There might be that person sitting here tonight, maybe not so desperately as that man was, but not knowing it right here in the next hour is salvation for you. Sitting there in that condition. And after a while, I imagine he begins to imagine he's thinking in his mind. Maybe he reached out his hands across the curb and rubbed the stones on the street. Think, many years ago, Joshua, the great uh, conqueror in God's army, led the children of Israel right up that same road. Not only that, but right not very far from that same gate, Joshua was wandering around one day, and he met a man who drew his sword and claimed to be the captain of the host of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, standing there in person just outside the gate. Over that same road, 800 years before that, come Elisha and Elijah on the road to Jordan, and Elijah's going to be taken up in a whirlwind, and Elisha got a double portion of his spirit. On that same road. But the poor old blind beggar, the priest had told him and the clergy of that day, them things are passed away. The days of miracles is passed. 800 years. God don't care about the people in that way no more. We have other things we preside to or go to, so we don't have them things no more. And he'd been taught that, but somebody, perhaps a little girl or a little boy, had come by and told him that there was a prophet in Galilee that could make the blind to see and the lame to walk. The priest didn't receive him. The clergy of that day had nothing to do with him. Just the poor and needy followed him. His congregations wasn't too big. A large congregation of 5,000, where the Sanhedrin could call in 2 million. But his congregation was so big, big, but it was those who loved him and believed in him followed him. And I can imagine the old prophet, or the old beggar laying there saying, Oh, if that prophet would only come this way, seek and you shall find. Knock, it'll be open unto you. Ask and you shall receive. Everything you got quiet. All at once people begin to come by whispering. The old blind beggar wondered, what, what are they talking about? That's why the crowd got thicker. Well, we hear some sniggering and laughing. Hear somebody holler, ha, ha, ha. Here comes that religious fanatic, that holy roller. Who was it? It was the priest, the highest in the clergy. Say, here comes that miracle worker. Let us take somebody out here now and see if he can heal him. Then we'll believe him. And I imagine Brian Barr, team of saints, 
wonder if that's the prophet from Galilee. But who am I? I'm just a beggar. Well, all these crowds now, hundreds of multitudes around here, warming in and out. Well, I'd have no way to have an audience with that man. But if I could only get to him, I'd ask him something. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. There he is. And after a while, I hear the priest sniggering and laughing. I hear the young folks laughing. But after a while, again, I hear another group coming by. They're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. I hear a little woman maybe reach down and say, you know, I would love him. My little blind baby, when he laid his hands up on it, it got its sight. I hear another little woman say, my boy was crippled, and he prayed, and my little boy is healed. I hear blind Bartimia saying, who is this that passes by? Some of them said, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet of Galilee. Oh, there, opportunity had presented itself, but how could he ever attract that man? Where everybody wanted to see him, all this crowd, some of them to laugh at him, some of them to scorn him, some of them to challenge him to heal somebody, like the devil did when he first met him. If thou be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread, let me see you do it. That same spirit still is today. Perform a miracle here, heal this one, let me see you do it. When you hear that, you know where it comes from. Turn these stones into bread and I'll believe you. Let me see a miracle. On the cross, come down, pull your hands loose and come down, we'll believe you. See that same spirit? Now the man that it was on died, but the spirit still lives in other men. The spirit of God that was up on Jesus Christ still lives and reigns today. God takes his man, but never his spirit. His spirit comes from one to another. Elijah received a double portion of Elisha's spirit. That same spirit come on John the Baptist. And it's predicted to come again in the last days. Same spirit. The men are gone on, but they're anointed. The Pharisees, the mockers, the scoffers, the religious people who made fun of healings and powers, the devil being their God, said, Now, if thou be the Son of God, and they say, this, If you're a miracle worker, if you can do this, if you believe Jesus is saying yes, do something, let me see you. Just a few months ago, I was in a place in Jonesboro, Arkansas. A man stood on the radio and said, I will give $1,000 in cash for one statement that can be proven that one person was ever healed by divine healing. Well, I was staying in a tourist court and I had 50 calls in about a half hour. People who was healed and had the doctor go with them said, come on, let's go collect that $1,000 you had for missionary work. So we just got a group together and went over. I knocked at the man's door. I said, I have come to collect your $1,000. And he said, oh, who are you? I said, I'm Brother Brandon. Oh, he just criticized me on the radio. He said, well, I said, you know, you said you spoke where the Bible spoke and was silent where it was silent. I want to see how silent you get in a few minutes. And I said, now, he said, uh, I said, here's evidence of cancer, blindness, and everything, and here stands the doctors right with him to give testimony. I want $1,000. Well, he said, I'll tell you. He said, uh, Reverend Branham, here's what it is. He said, we, we, our headquarters is in Abilene, Texas. So I'll tell you what we have to do. He said, we'll take some little girl and go over there. We'll put her in the office before where all our bus ministers are standing. And we'll cut her arm and you heal it. And then we'll give you the $1,000. I said, you're suffering with a bad case of mental deficiency. 
I said, any man would even think of such a thing. I said, your anointing is of your father, the devil, that said that Jesus Christ performed a miracle before me, and I'll believe you. I believe he heals. If I never did see it in all my life, I still believe it because the Bible says so. Now, that's the way to worm out of it, like a worm in a lemon. All right. But there's nothing to it. Just don't be afraid. The gospel moves on. The power of God moves on. And people are getting healed day after day all over the world. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I prayed for 500 people tonight and all 500 died in the morning, tomorrow night I'd be praying for the sick again. That's right. Matter of fact, that's what God's Word said. If I died tonight and rolled up, if 500 people died tonight in 50 years from now, they rose up in the resurrection and said, Brother Branham, don't you believe Jesus Christ? It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. You accept something else? I'd still say, let me die in Jesus. I believe Him. He's my heart. He's my life. He's all I got. And I believe every believer in Christ that's been born again has the same attitude towards Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Whether we live, die, sink, or drown, we still believe Jesus Christ and His Word is real. No matter whether I can make it come to pass or not, or whether my faith is strong enough or not, Jesus' words is always right. Now, in this case, this blind beggar, no one to help him, and I can hear him raised up and say, Have mercy on me, Jesus of Nazareth. Some of them said, Sit down. Why you ain't got no time to fool with you? Some of them said, You've been taught of the days of miracles this past. Sit down, don't. What you holler about? You act like a fanatic. Like some of that bunch of Galileans. They were poor, common people. Why are you fool with them? Sit down. Nobody will give you a coin anymore if they catch you hollering and carrying on like that. Your little meager, meager living will be, but something down in his heart. Told him if I can ever get an audience with that man, it's finished. If I can ever hear him say, now, Jesus was on his road to Calvary. Every Bible believer knows that. And Jesus was God in flesh, king of all prophets. And being with that spirit, he knew what he was facing. And he must go to Jerusalem and suffer under the hands of wicked people and his own children crucifying. And he must die. And Gethsemane was facing him. I can imagine seeing his cool, stern face set as a breeze come down. As he walked the head of the crowd like that, going towards Calvary. The weight of the world. The redemption of all the world. The healing ministry that we have in the world today rested on his shoulders. The healing of Congressman Upshaw rested on his shoulders. The healing of my blinded eyes rested on his shoulders. The sins of my life and your life rested on his shoulders. And the sins of every mortal died on the face of the earth rested on his shoulders. How concerned he walked. He didn't hear the howling mob, some of them laughing, making fun of him, and probably throwing rotten apples at him or something as he went along. The others hollering, Hosanna, Hosanna, what a mixed screaming multitude carrying on. How could he hear that poor beggar way over against the wall? But he had faith. And as he walked along, he cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy. Probably ten. Ten hundred or more crying at the same time, different things. It wasn't, I don't, I doubt Jesus even hearing his voice. But what happened? Well, all that facing, the faith of that one man, him, in the condition he was, poor, outcast, blind, and a beggar, stopped him in the middle of his road. The faith of one beggar stopped him. All that facing. 
from him. Hallelujah. He's the same tonight. One person's faith in this building can turn him and stop the heavens. One man's faith. He couldn't hear a word of this crying, screaming, but somebody had faith like the woman touched his garment. He looked around over the audience, looks out and sees that man, said, what would you that I do for you? Oh, that just thrilled me. To see him do the same thing right here. What would that I would do for you? Some of them said, now, the people, probably the lady with the little baby in the said, Oh, he called thee, be of the courage. Now notice, in the condition, total blind, setting ragged, poor, he said, Come here. How is he coming? Immediately reason would say, Why, Master, you've asked me something to do that I can't do. How will I know how to find you and all that multitude of people, all that screaming and crying and going on? And, and how am I going to find you? Reason would have said he couldn't have found him. But faith goes into action. That's what we need here tonight. Faith to take action. Faith jumps and leaps. No matter where he is, he bid me come, I'm going. There you are. I can see them little skinny bony arms go through that ragged garment. Reach out to the audience like that, throwing the old ragged garment down. Knowing you never need it no more. Yes, sir. There's a little bony arms reach out like that. Here he goes to the multitude, staggering, trying to find him. Jesus said, what would you that I do for you? Now, he didn't say, Lord, uh, I know days of miracles is past. There's no need to need that, but I know you're a heavenly person. So I want to ask you, how beautiful heaven's going to be? What kind of hearts are they going to play up there? Uh, uh, am I going to be able to see after you get up there? Blind Bartimus knew he'd see when he got there. He knew all those things he would get when he got there. But the thing of it was, he had a need then. And he knew that Christ was able to supply it. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Oh, my. No matter what they said, the days of miracles is past. It can't be done. He said, Lord, my faith has stopped you. I've got an audience with you. Now that I may receive my sight. Jesus never said, I'll heal you. Jesus said, Thy faith has saved me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise our God. He's worthy of all praise. Said, Thy faith has saved me. In other words, if you've got faith enough in all this multitude of crying and mixed up and half believers and half critics, to, I can feel your faith pull me to stop me. That's enough faith to heal you. Thy faith has saved thee. Well, he began to rejoice. Perhaps couldn't see yet. The multitude went on. Jesus set his face right on knowing it. If the man had that much faith, he'd get all right. So I can see him going on down the road, going right straight towards Calvary now. And the multitude keeps going quieter, getting quieter and quieter. I see blind Bartimaeus standing said, Now he told me I was going to get my sight. I believe it. I've never seen my hand, but, 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 but I believe I'm going to get my sight. After all, he said, I see it now. I begin to see. There it is. I can see my fingers. And down the road he went rejoicing, praising God that he had received his sight. Sure. Jesus said so. If his faith was strong enough to touch Jesus enough to stop him and have an audience with him. And Jesus is passing this way tonight. Every man and woman in here suffering of diseases can have an audience with him. 
I declare that Jesus Christ raised from the dead and living among us today. The very things that he did then, he does tonight. In his resurrection, he looked out upon his audience. He knew the secrets of their hearts. Is that right? He does tonight. And he said, he talked to the woman at the well. He knew where her trouble was. He said to Philip, when he come to him, met, brought Nathaniel. Looked out over the yard and said, Nathaniel, you're a good man, an honest man. He said, how do you know me? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. He said, thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. He said, because I told you that, you believe? He said, you'll see greater things than this. Because he believed. I read a story once of Blind Bartimus. A fiction, perhaps. I will quote it before we pray for the sick. He said, Blind Bartimus in those days, he had two little turtle doves. And they'd done little enchantments for the tourists. They had to do something outstanding or they couldn't live, couldn't make a living, begging. And they had no other way to live. So, said those little turtle doves to do tumbles. Said one night, he had a little girl and she got sick. So he went out and prayed and he said, Lord, if you heal my little girl, tomorrow I'll give you those turtle doves for a sacrifice. So the Lord healed the little girl and he kept his word. A few nights later, his wife got sick. She is sick to die. The doctors could do nothing for her. So he went out and prayed again. He said, Lord, if you'll heal my wife, I will give you my lamb. In those days, the blind men today are led by dogs. In those days, they were led by lambs. So he said, I'll give you my lamb. So the Lord healed his wife. And the next day, he was on his road up to the temple to do what he had promised the Lord to give his lamb. And Caiaphas, as the high priest in that time, said, Blind Bartimaeus, where goest thou? He said, Old high priest, last evening my wife was sick unto death. And I prayed the Lord to spare her life and I'd give him my lamb. And he said, He spared her life and I'm going up to the temple to offer my lamb as a sacrifice unto the Lord God. Why, he said, Blind Bartimaeus, thou cannot offer that lamb. I'll give you money to buy a lamb. He said, O high priest, I never promised God a lamb. I promised him this lamb, more of a sacrifice. He said, you can't take that lamb. That lamb is your eyes. He said, the old blind man straightened himself up. He said, O high priest, God will provide a lamb for blind Bartimaeus' eyes. That day he's sitting, shivering in the cold. He heard that noise coming up the street. God has provided a lamb for blind Bartimaeus' eyes. He's provided the same lamb tonight for every man and woman, it's boy or girl, that's in this building that wants to receive this lamb. God has provided him as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world, who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastity of our peace was upon him, with whose stripes we are healed. Shall we pray? Father, we thank Thee for the Lord Jesus and for His loving blessing and to see Him, how to love to see Him that day when He was talking to Philip and Nathaniel. How that Israelite must have been astonished when he stood before Him and knew where He had been. How the woman at the well must have thought when He told her, go get your husband. She said, I have none. He said, you got five. How they must have felt. And when the disciples would reason in their hearts, trying to keep it a secret from him, he'd turn around and say, Why are you reasoning in your heart? 
where he know where a fish was that had a coin in its mouth to pay tribute. Where two mules was hitched where two ways met. And yet with humility to stand in at the Sanhedrin courts and say, I can do nothing except my father shows me. See his friend Lazarus take sick and know what the public is going to say. And he run away. And they sent for him to come pray for him and he went away farther. But on returning, he said, now our friend Lazarus sleepeth. And then he told his disciples that he was dead. And he said, for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, but I'll go with you. And at the grave, he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast hears me always, but for thee to stand by, I say it, knowing that you had showed him and told him to leave the country, to let this happen, and then come back and raise Lazarus from the dead. I'm so happy tonight, Lord, that numbered with many thousands around the world tonight, that my name is on your book. And I know yet by the fellowship of your suffering and your resurrection, through the amazing grace that thou hast provided. And by a divine gift, which is ministered to me by an angel, that thou dost know all about, Lord, unworthy, but telling me to go show people these signs, and to tell them of your soon coming, and would be a sign that I should pray for the sick, and nothing would stand before the prayer. And how do you confirm that between around the world with potentates, mars, kings? And I believe it's still in this infancy. And now send us to Africa again and over in those countries. Oh Lord, I believe you're coming soon. On this hot night here in Des Moines, may Jesus, the Son of God, who did these things, and before going away stood and said, These things that I do shall you do also. Yet a little while the world won't see me no more, yet you'll see me, or I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Come, Lord Jesus, and anoint your servant, and anoint your children sitting out here, that working together by the Holy Spirit, that tonight might be a night of nights for the healing of the sick and the saving of the souls, the sealing away of the people. For we ask that in thy beloved child's name, the Lord Jesus Christ, our May the God of heavens ever bless you. If the Holy Spirit shall anoint at this time, I go to, I noticed last night, it'll never do me no good to mix the audiences up like that. I can't do it. You've either got to get away from it altogether or accept it altogether. And now, I, I say this to you people, if I never see you again this side of the river, I'll have the same testimony over there. I have been truthful to you. I have testified to you the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I've told you what he was then, he is tonight. And the only way that he has to represent himself here on earth is with you and I. And God has set some in the church to be teachers, some to be uh, to, for different gifts, some prophets, some different things. He set them in the church for the perfecting of the church. You all believe that, don't you? You're taught that. That's scripture. We might try to say it for some other day, but we're only trying to hide behind our unbelief. God's word never changes. It doesn't alter. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And tonight the Lord Jesus has given we poor people this privilege. Tonight to see the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I want to ask you something. 
If you were going down in Des Moines tonight, if someone told you that the Lord Jesus is here in Des Moines, different churches have their different phases, their different theories, theology that they teach. And every one of them, I have no right to condemn what they're doing. Any man that breathes the breath of Jesus Christ, breathes his name, I love him. I might give him with him in doctrine, but still just the same. If he's God's child, he's my brother. And I love him. If he's Baptist, Presbyterian, Orthodox, or whatever he may be, it makes no difference to me. I've never joined any denominational church, and I don't intend to. I intend to stand between the breach and say we are brothers. Let's break down our differences and come love one another, and the world will come to Jesus Christ when we do that. But as long as these wars and things among us, how can they believe? Now, let's love one another. And I believe this, friends, with my faith, and you've heard my story of how people before me were, of course, were Catholic. They come from Ireland, both Brandon and Harvey, mother and father. And they, I never had any religious teachings. But when the first thing I can remember in life almost was a vision. It's a gift. It's just like I've probably explained here when I was here before. I don't know. Just like dreaming a dream. Some people dream dreams, some doesn't. You're dreaming, it's your subconscious. And an ordinary man, let's say his subconscious shares his first when he's here. When you go to sleep, you dream of things that you did when he was awake. When you wake up, you remember things that you dreamed even years ago. Is that right? Some people never have a dream. A person sleeps sound doesn't dream. It's these people who doesn't sleep very sound and has a dream, they're not altogether awake. Are not altogether asleep, rather. Now, the man that doesn't dream a dream, his subconscious is way away from him. Now, neither one of those men can help because he, this man can't say, well, I'll dream you a dream tonight. He couldn't do it. And this man that never dreamed a dream couldn't say, well, I, I will dream a dream, or this one say, I'll never dream another dream. That's all determined by God. And I believe God deals in dreams. Not all dreams, of course, and it's not too accurate without an interpreter. But now, a seer... One who sees visions, his subconscious is neither back there nor here. They're both right together. He can't help it. God did it. Do you believe that those gifts are born in a man when he's born in this world? The Bible says so. It's right. Oh, these gifts in the church, now you say, gifts of prophecy, what about, yes, brother, but there's a vast difference. That's what made you Lateran people get off the ground. You've tried to make a gift of prophecy a prophet. It's altogether different. Gift of prophecy is to be judged before two or three judges, but never a prophet to be judged. His words, truth, and cradle up. Jesus Christ was the Son of God from the Garden of Eden. The woman's seed. Do you believe that? You had nothing to do with it. God determined that. I believe Moses was born a prophet when he came from his mother's womb. Do you believe that? He had nothing to do because he was Moses. God made him Moses. Is that right? John the Baptist, 712 years before he was born. Isaiah saw him and said he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He was born that birth. Had to be named John because he wouldn't let him name nothing else. His father was stricken dumb because he doubted the angel. Is that right? How could he help that? Predestination, foreordination. Read the book of Ephesians. It sets the, it sets the things in order. Jesus told his disciples, I knew you before the foundation of the world. Before the world began, he knew it. All things is made and ordained there. We're just working according to the schedule. The schedule, rather. Jeremiah, 
if he can go back and tell you what you was and what you have done and where your troubles are, then if he tells you what will be, if that's so, we believe that'll be so. You know that's so. You know whether it's right or not. Then if that's true, then this is true. And we ought to go away happy and rejoicing. Remember what Jesus said, go ye and want the more. Sin the more. Is that right? Or a worse thing come upon you. What is sin? Unbelief. Exactly right. I heard of someone the other day trying to preach the, ba- the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. He said a Christian couldn't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then turned around and read Hebrews 6. <laughs> I thought, oh, brother, he was once made enlightened, made partakers of the Holy Ghost, fall away to renew himself again unto repentance. Sure, he can blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that they had blasphemed the Holy Ghost because they said he has the devil. Look here. Hebrews 10 says this. He, I'm closing, he that sins will, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Hebrews 10, I believe, 47. Is that right? He that sins willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin but a fearful looking for the fire, to the judgment of fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. Now he that wants willfully, he that sins, and what is sin? Unbelief. He that will turn his back on truth when it's presented to him, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Did you ever read it that like that? He that disbelieves willfully, as the truth has been presented, That's when you cross the line. He that sins willfully, after he has received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice. He has the knowledge of the truth and won't accept it. That's the scripture. That's right. In the Lord, this will come. When that enemy leaves you, and then you go away, let somebody talk you out of it and say, well, or a little pain hits you and say, well, it maybe wasn't so. Brother, a worse thing's coming. You stand like the rock of ages and claim the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to heal. And you shall receive what you've asked for. God bless you tonight. Now, I'm not going to try to call that whole line. Did you get me pray for you? What was that? Exit. All right, he said he'd give out X's. I'm going to call from a certain number. That's what I'm just going to call from a few. How many? 100. Now, in here, there's 100 prayer cards, and they're numbered X, ranking from 1 to 100. God in heaven, who is my judge, knows that I know not one place, one card, or anything about it. They come down here and give them out. It's a card. It's got your name and address on it. On the back of it, it's got a number and a letter. That's only to keep you lined up. Now, if I say, how many of you wants to be prayed for, raise up your hand. Be honest. Any words? Can you? 85. 86. Who has prayer card X86? Look on the back. It'll be an X and an 86. Who has that card? Raise up your hand. All right. 87. Raise up your hand. 87. All right. 88. 88. Here's a crippled woman sitting here holding a card in her hand. Look at her card and see if it's, a, if it's 88. 
Or can you see this? It is an art. 88, is it here? Raise up your hand. Look, it might be somebody deaf. He can't hear there. 88, excuse me, lady. 88, 89. Who has prayer card 89? All right, 90. 89, X89. 90. Who has X90? Raise up your hand, will you? Who has 90? All right. 91. X91. Look at your neighbor because it may be deaf, you see, or maybe you can't get up. If you can't get up, just tell somebody sitting next to you. Make some kind of move. All right. That's right. 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. All right. Let's try this group here now to pray for these people and see what our Lord will do. Now, if we have any time left, we'll start back from number one and begin back at there. If we have any time left, if we get these, these people here as they come to the platform. Now, if you will, my Christian friends, I want you all to do this for me tonight, if you will. Let's be just with one accord. How many believe that Jesus has risen from the dead and lives here tonight? Let's see your hand. How many loves this fellowship with him? Do you like to do that? I just love to fellowship with him. All right. Now let's fellowship with him. And let's fellowship with our neighbor's faith. Everybody together. Just join in with one accord and say, Lord Jesus, oh, I ain't studied about whether I'm going to have to wash the dishes in the morning or whether I'm going to do this. Say by the way, I believe it was this, uh, no, it wasn't this meeting. It was at another place here called, I went from here to Cedar Rapids or someplace from here, another place, uh, and it was an aisle here. Great Falls, is there a Great Falls on the Some place called, some kind of a falls, might have been Cedar Falls or something like that. We had a meeting there, if there's any people here tonight that was at that meeting, I want you to listen now. I prayed for a woman at the platform who had a horrible stomach trouble and couldn't eat nothing. And the Holy Spirit told her, Thus saith the Lord. Watch, you got your recorders here if you want to see what he said. He said, Thus saith the Lord. You're healed of that stomach trouble. When you hear that come forth, brother, I'll lay my life right there and it's going to be just that way. I'm 45 years old, seen vision since I was a baby and have never seen one time or challenge anybody to mention one time that he ever spoke in that manner that it didn't come to pass just exactly the way he said it. That's right. Just ask any word, take any recordings you want to, and find out when you hear him speak out like that that it isn't just exactly that way. And the woman was told she was going to be healed. And then she went home, told her to go eat. And the woman went home and she tried to eat, but she couldn't. I believe she tried to eat a hamburger, she said, in the old house sick up all night. And a couple days later, she was still so sick, and she went on for six weeks, I believe it was. And the people around the country began to laugh at her. Said, you went down there to that uh, preacher, and he is supposed to tell you the Lord has made you well. Said, here you are. She said, I believe it anyhow. She said, if I never get well on this earth, said, I believe it anyhow. That's the way, that's what it takes. I've got her testimony and name. If I know it have been this close, I'd have brought her. And... Or the lady may be sitting here right now. So I, she went on then, and one morning, her people had went to work, or the man folks, the children went to school, and she was so hungry, and she picked up a piece of toast and began to eat it. Usually made her real sick and vomit, but she didn't get sick. 
But anyhow, she's washing some of the dishes first, and a real cool feeling swept over her. And she said, wonder what that was. And she got real hungry in a little bit. So she ate a piece of toast. It didn't bother her. She ate some oats. And that was the thing that really would make her sick. It didn't bother her. So she drank a cup of coffee. And after drinking this coffee, it didn't bother her. So she was happy. She run down to tell her neighbor who had had a knot on her throat. And the Holy Spirit said, Thus saith the Lord, you'll be healed. And she run down to tell her neighbor what had happened. When she got down there, she heard a lot of noise screaming. And her neighbor would jump up and down the floor as hard as she could, shouting and nodding, just left her throat. And they rejoiced together. They come to a meeting and told me. And I got their names and address and everything. That's just one of the many. But Bennett was sure. What had happened? Six weeks later. You know, God, sometimes the angel of the Lord can't, can't be just momentarily on the job. How many knows that Daniel prayed it was 21 days before the angel could get to him? Is that right? But when he speaks something, he'll watch over to perform his word. you believe that? What happened? The angel of the Lord had spoke that in the name of the Lord, and he passed through that neighborhood confirming the word. Amen. Is that person here? If they are, raise up. If you're here in the building. It was at one of those rapids or somewhere here in Iowa, the, the two women was. I can't see back very far because the light's out from under there. But if you're, if you're here, well, God bless you. And if you're standing, the people are looking at you, of course. God be with you. I thank God for faith that will not say no, that will say yes, God. It's the truth. And now, may he bless you. And if our sister will, you've been over night, sister, to help us. And we thank you, too, for your kindness and all the ministers and all around. May the good Lord bless each one of you. This is my sincere prayer. Now, is this the patient? You come here, lady. Now, I think that they want me to talk on this tomorrow. Billy told me last night, many times when an anointing strikes me, just imagine going out into another world, then coming back, then out, then back, and that's why you get weedy. That's why you don't know where you're at, honey. And when I go to walk, it's not because I'm too weak, but I can't see where I'm walking. Then Billy sometimes puts my arms around him. He watches. If you'll notice, he'll stand over there in a corner somewhere and keep his eye on me. That's the reason I have him. How many remembers when I was off the field for eight months? Because of poor management. They just let me stay hour after hour on the line until I couldn't tell them, and it just went all the way out. And it was eight months before I come to myself. So uh, you can overdo things. You say, is that right, Reverend Brandon? Well, sure. The Scripture teaches that. How many know that? The Scripture teaches that. Yes, sir. Look at Elijah. After I had been on that vision up there and saw how to fix that bullock and everything, it called far down out of heaven and rained out of heaven the same day, went out in the wilderness and was lost for 40 days and nights. Wandered around, God found him, pulled back in the cave. Is that right? He heard the winds go by and he heard noise go by and then a still small voice said, What are you doing in there, Elijah? See the anointing in there. And that's it. Now the Holy Spirit is here at the building. And I pray that he'll come now. Our blessed Redeemer, we have just about a half hour here of service, and I pray that each one of you dear people, when he comes, will acknowledge him and recognize him, and I pray that each one of you will be praying. Now, you out there without prayer cards, let me see your hands. I haven't got prayer cards in your state. All along, everywhere as far back as darkness back there, raise your hand. All right? Just everywhere solid. 
May, may God grant, I'll tell you what you do. You believe that I've told you the truth. Will you do that? You believe and you look this away. And you believe with all your heart that I've told the truth. That I'm not trying to represent myself to you, friend. I'm trying to represent Jesus Christ to you. And you believe that I'm honest in that. And these things are the truth that I've told you. And believe like blind Bartimaeus did. That he said, oh, God, have mercy. And watch the faith touch him. They pull him around and say, you. Watch the woman with the touch the hem of his garment got back in the crowd. But them eyes begin to search around. She seen she couldn't be hid. He said, thy faith is healed. See, you can be touched with the feeling of infirmity. You can touch him. And he'll heal. Now the angel of the Lord is here now. May he bless each one of you. It's my prayer. Not suppose the lady, if you'll walk up here, sister, so they can get your voice. Sometimes I talk real low, and I don't know what to see. I can't tell where I'm talking here or, or somewhere in the league. And sometimes they set these mics here so it's real sensitive. They can almost hear your breath from where you're at there out in the audience. And so I, that way they can get well, just exactly what goes on and know the truth. I suppose that you and I are, are perfect strangers to each other. Are we? We are. But you are a Christian. You're a believer. Because I know that your spirit is moving, you see. And if the Holy Spirit that I know that's here, it welcomes you as my sister. And I know that you're a Christian believer. Now, you're here for something. Uh, God knows. He knows just exactly what you're thinking. And if I be God's servant, and knowing that I do not know you, there's no way in the world for me to know you, then he can reveal to me what your trouble, and then if he does that, you'll know whether it's the truth or not, won't you? You'll know it. If I, if I, the Spirit of God, can tell you what's wrong with you, then not knowing you, then you know that there's some way here I have of knowing you. Isn't that right? And I'll be whatever you determine. If you say the man's a witch doctor, or whatever you want to some hypnotizer or something, well, that that be up to you, between you and God. But you just judge it to be the word of God and see what, what will take place. Now, don't come in great high places, see, most wickedly dwells there. It comes low and humble. You believe that. And I'll say this in the name of the Lord, that you're not here for yourself. You're here for a loved one. Father, I believe And the man is blinded. And he's got cataracts on his eyes. Is that right? And you're from another state, Nebraska. Go lay your hands on your father to receive his sight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you, my sister. Do you believe on the Lord? Now, there a woman, total stranger, never seen her. And I don't remember now what I said to her, but it was something about somebody was walking blind, an old person. But I don't know just what it was. You heard it. It's on the recording. I don't know what, it, what, what was taking place, but now I see it. Now my lips, somebody would ask today in a question in a letter, what makes you rub your face, Brother Grant, all the time as you get tired? And my face feels like it's that thick. Now, I just keep trying to feel if I can feel my hands on my face when I'm rubbing it like that. Tired. Nerves at the end, straining. Usually that time you'll see Billy or some of them come get me. Now be reverent. 
believe with all your heart, and God Almighty, who made us, will show you his glory. And then, whatever you do with him, that's up to you. He's only using me tonight to represent himself to you as your as his children. Now, I am just one of you. If the rapture would come, probably all of you go before me. I'm not worthy. I was back in a cold farm condition when you were out on the street preaching this gospel. Some of you aged, white-headed ministers in this building without preaching this message when I was still a little sinner boy. But it's you that I respect as my brother and sister. And I'm only trying to walk down the road that you preach and believe that would come. Don't turn it down while it's here. You believe it would be here, and while it's here, accept it and believe it with all your heart. And God will bless you. All right, brother. I was missing Billy Paul. You know, you you, you feel the spirit of people. That, that's all right, wherever he's at. But you can feel the spirit of people. And if I'm feeling his, his I call it moving of the spirit channel. Brother Baxter, I can know when he's there. And you're acquainted. That's the reason I don't have people around me, you see. Someone looking less than solid perfect. You can tell it. It interferes. All right. And, uh, sir, I just want to talk to you a moment. Just as a brother, uh, to speak with you. I suppose us being strangers one with another. We don't know one another. But the Lord Jesus knows both of us. Is that right? And we are two men, met here on earth, and perhaps our first time here, right here tonight. But uh, you are a Christian. And sir, you have a very fine, welcome spirit. And uh, you're having some trouble. And the trouble is in your chest in here. It seems like a, there's something, I believe a doctor or somebody's saying something or someone about something drying up. It's like a carpuscle or blood vessels or something drying up in, in, in the blood. Is that right? Causing your chest condition. Yes, sir. You're a minister of the Open Bible Church. God bless you. I'm going to be made well. Jesus Christ, the is my brother, my brother, Jesus. God You believe now with all your heart? Have faith now. It's the Lord Jesus. Just be praying out there. And Lord, remember me. God will pray. Now here's kindred spirit. I don't know this woman. I believe we're strangers, aren't we? We don't know each other. I've never seen you in my life knowingly. Is this our first time of ever meeting? It is the first time. All right, we're strangers. But there's there's something wrong. God knows all about it. And you're not from here. You come from somewhere where there's a lot of wheat. A lot of wheat. I see you're going up in an airplane or something. You're looking out a window. You flew here. 
And you come from Oklahoma. Is that right? You're sitting at a window looking out. All right. You're suffering with a... You've had a some kind of condition. I see you with something white over the top of you or something. Oh, it's, a, it's an operation. And it's been in, in the stomach. And it was a cancer. And the doctors just sewed you up and the cancer instead of going into the liver. Is that right? Now there's that the color lady sitting right back there. She's got cancer too. Sitting right back there, right on top of that place. Stand up, lady. Isn't that right? Oh, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, who's here to expose the devil and to make him an open shame, Satan, you know you can't hold these people. Come out of them, I adjure you, by the name of Jesus Christ, to depart from these women and leave them alone. Amen. Now look, my sisters, both of you, as you stand. Now the pressure that was pulling against me has left. Now if God would let me know who you were, where you're from, what's wrong with you, by that same thing, just a real soothe feeling of blessing comes pouring back and forth through here now. And I believe with all my heart that God Almighty has healed you both. Go home and be well, both of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ, rule and reign in every age forever. Blessed be His holy name. Amen. Oh, do you love Him? May His mercy endure for all times and all generations. My, what a bank of faith moving in this building now. You just can't tell. It's just coming from everywhere. What could happen now? All right. Here, bring Come on. How do you do? You believe on the Lord with all your heart? All your strength, all your mind. You believe that God sent me to be His servant to grant unto you your request. You believe it with all your heart. God bless you. If God can tell me what is wrong with you, then you know I'll have to know it in some supernatural way, and you're aware that something's near you now. You are. Isn't that right? That's the, did you ever see the picture of the angel, that fiery pillar? That's just exactly what's on you right now. You've been suffering with heart trouble. Isn't that right? I see somewhere you seem to be awful happy about something. It's a... Uh, oh, it's a... Uh, here's what's happened. I've had contact with you some way. You you was one time barren. You couldn't raise children. And I asked God to bless you by thus saith the Lord. And you had a baby. The baby's with you tonight. 
Soy, your heart trouble gone from you. You're healed, my sister. Go in God's peace be upon you. Praise be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. His great mercy, glory. Blessed be His holy name. He will reveal, knowing all things, all things is made by Him. All right. Have faith. Every person in your altar at this very time. Be rejoicing. Friends, I'm afraid that we don't, not as I want you to be emotional. That is the idea. But did you realize the very God of heaven is doing just exactly what he said he would do 2,000 years ago? That in this last days he'd do this thing? And you see it? It's hard for me to understand how we can hold our feet. Because we sit breathless, knowing that our Lord, we go down on the Ganges River, we find colored women throwing their little babies in, sacrificing to the God of the Niles. Alligators squashing like that, and it's finished. We go to the grave of Mohammed, and the white horse has been there for 2,000 years. Confucius died 2,300 years ago. A big statue of 80 some odd feet made out of the hair and teeth and things of his followers, but not one speck of life about it. But in Jerusalem there's an empty tomb, and the man that killed it is in this audience tonight, filling all space, all hearts, all powers of the resurrection. He lives and reigns and takes the poor subjects, taking that which was not to bring the past, that which is high and haughty. To condemn the world in this generation to bring forth his knowledge and power and righteousness into those who will believe. That was prophecy. Oh, how blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you believe, sisters, you stand there looking this way? I suppose you and I are strangers to each other, but God knows both of us, sister. Now, I'm not beside myself, but I. I've never seen you in my life, but God has seen you. He knows all about you. And He knows what you're here for. I do not. You might be standing here to ask the financial condition. You might be here to ask about some loved one. I don't know what you're here to ask about. But God does know. And He can tell me before you even open your mouth all about you. If He wants to. If He doesn't, that's just whatever our Lord wants to do. But I trust that he will and will give you the desire of your heart knowing that you're a Christian and you're not a critic. You're a firm believer in what I'm talking about. Amen. And in that way, I can help you. The first thing, you're a woman stuffing with a woman's trouble, a female condition. You may not know this. Yes, you do. You do know it. You have a trouble in your head, which is cancer. It's on the brain. But God will make you well. You have seen sometimes sitting, just holding your hands like this. You've been in another meeting somewhere, and you was holding yourself breathless. There was something taking place at a platform. Boy, I, I, it's me. It, it was Portland, Oregon, when the maniac was uh, condemned. I've seen Paul on the floor now. You're healed, sister. Jesus Christ makes you well. Go home and make well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You believe that God can take that diabetes away from you and make you well? In the name of Jesus Christ, may you receive it. It's my prayer. Amen. God bless you. Come. Are you believing, sister, as you come? You're having all kinds of strange feelings lately. For instance, you think sometimes you got heart trouble. You're extremely nervous. And then this nurse has created a tumor. And you have a tumor to be operated. Is that right? You believe Jesus Christ will take it away now? In the name of Jesus Christ, may it go for God's glory. Amen. Come now, believing with all your heart. Amen. Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Little lady sitting there looking at me so sincerely. You're paralyzed. But you got a thought in your heart that you want to do. I'm not reading your mind. I don't know yet. But you're wanting to write a book. Isn't that right? Stand up. Your paralysis gone. You're healed. You can go home. Your heart troubles left you so you can go on your road rejoicing too, sister. God bless you. Let's say praise be to God. Insulin is a good thing, but the Lord is better. Don't you believe it? Insulin only holds you all, but God can heal you of that. Diabetes, don't you believe that? Let's come here just a minute. Then if God's Spirit is on me, anointing me, to know your thoughts, your mind, who you are, where you're from, I'll lay hands on you in the name of Jesus Christ and rebuke the diabetes that Jesus Christ make you well. Amen. Thou hast believed, so will it be unto you. Go believing with all your heart. Young man, if I told you to heal while you sat in the chair, would you believe it? Yes. Go right on. You have. You receive it. God be with you and bless you. Be reverent. Have faith. Just a moment. There's a death. Oh, here it is. A woman's death. Bow your head just a moment. Oh, almighty and eternal God, who laid the foundations of the world and spread forth all things, made man in your image, and then brought down your Son, Jesus Christ, and he was made like unto the man to take away sin of man and to restore man back into fellowship as sons and daughters of God. Therefore, upon the basis of his shed blood, I come confessing a gift of divine healing which is ministered to me by an angel, saying to this deaf spirit that's deaf in the woman, Come out of her. In the name of Jesus Christ, receive the hearing. There you are. You're perfectly normal. Go off the platform. Say thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the great Alpha Omega, the beginning and the ending. 
I see hanging before me here a child. It's a baby. And it's examined little fellow's rupture. It's sitting in this audience. There's the baby. Lay your hand on his sister. In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn that enemy. Come out of the child. Take it home. Believe God. It'll get well. Have faith in God. You believe him with all your heart? What do you think sitting over there looking at me like that little red coat around you sitting there about to die with cancer? You believe Jesus Christ makes you well now? If you do, stand up on your feet and believe it. What are you sitting next to you waving your hand? You have bladder trouble, don't you? You're healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. What about you with your hands crossed sitting there? You've got a colon trouble, isn't that right? Stand up on your feet. Jesus Christ makes you well. Bless God. God can do all things. You got cancer too, haven't you, ladies? Stand on your feet. Jesus Christ makes you well. What do you think you two sitting there together as husband and wife? You've got a tumor. You've got stomach trouble. Is that right? Aren't you walking on crutches? Got some kind of crutches? Jesus Christ makes you well. Stand on your feet and be made well. You don't need them no longer. Take your crutches on your shoulder and go home. You don't need it. Christ makes you well. What do you think sitting there that asthma, lady? You believe God's going to make you well? You do? Yes, sir. Stand up on your feet. Jesus Christ heals you that asthmatic condition. Hallelujah. What do you think sitting over that little boy? You think God will heal him of that kidney trouble? Sitting right there at the end? You believe it, brother, with all your heart? Stand up on your feet there. Lay your hand over on the child. Almighty God, I condemn that kidney trouble and ask for his healing in Jesus Christ's name. May it be made well. He's healed. Go home. He'll never do it no more. God makes him well. Every person in here can be made well this very minute if you believe. Do you believe? What about you in these wheelchairs? Are you ready to be healed? Do you believe? If you can, you can push your wheelchairs right out of the building. Be made well. Every person in here can be made well. If you believe it, stand on your feet. I feel the anointing power of the Holy Ghost moving through me right now. 